Welcome to the premiere episode of Connecting Healthcare IT, a podcast dedicated to bringing people together across the healthcare continuum. In each episode, our guests will share their take on a timely and relevant topic that we hope will bring value to our listeners. Today, we're thrilled to have iMethod CEO Clint Drotty joining us to share his views on corporate culture. Clint is a co-founder of iMethods and has been a leader in the recruiting industry since 1995, growing people and profits in healthcare, banking, automotive, engineering, call center, commercial, and IT industries. Since the company was founded in 2004, iMethods has grown from a small concern with two full-time employees into an award-winning healthcare IT recruiting and consulting corporation with a sizable staff and fast growth that has placed them on the Inc. 500 and 5,000 fastest growing list seven times. As CEO, Clint oversees iMethod's vision, strategy, and growth plans, bringing to the job a passion for creating meaningful work and doing the right thing for everyone in the consulting and staffing equation. While he and iMethods have garnered many awards in a relatively short period of time, he is especially proud of the company's 20-plus Best Places to Work awards from Modern Healthcare, Inc. Magazine, Staffing Industry Analyst, Forward a Trend, and the Jacksonville Business Journal. Clint, welcome. Thank you for helping us kick off our podcast series. Thank you, Steph. This is exciting. Our first podcast. I'm delighted to be with you. That's wonderful. Well, we know that you put a tremendous value on culture and pour a great deal of energy into building the culture at iMethods. As a leader, what elements do you think are critical to creating a productive and positive work environment for employees? Well, that's a, a big question. I think there's um, there's a lot that goes into it. You said critical pieces, so I'll start with why. I think why you exist and what your purpose is is really truly the most critical piece because without that clarity on kind of what your business is about, um, you, you can't go uh, further. So for us, in the way I've looked at this anyway, um, our core purpose of trying to create meaningful work um, and a, a true servant type of company, um, that worldview piece is so important and critical for us to move forward from. So I'd say if you're going to build a culture of any kind of at any place, you got to start with why you exist. Um, and then those core values flow from that. So we have put a lot of effort into having real um, clear um, core values from day one, having uh, the right words and then matching the right behaviors and then the the process by which you implement those core values in every part of your culture um, those are the two first things i come to right like so why do you exist and then um what those core values look like or where you you, you, know, you start with um so for us when we think about building culture it has to be um first employee focused um you know creating a culture where you have really um wonderful people that are aligned to the vision and to the, the purpose and those core values first, uh, and then cultivating that and nurturing it over time and have a lot to talk about and how we've tried to do that anyway. Um, and then that goes to our focus of uh, creating culture for our clients and, um, and impacting them, our consultants in our business, and then our community, uh, because that is a core part of our belief system is impacting our community. But that's how we're very intentional about how we think through this and how we've um, built it, I guess, um, is it first is the why, the core values, the employees and imp implementing it there first. Um, and then they, we all then can impact clients, consultants and their community. So just some first thoughts. That's great. Thank mm -hmm. you. 
Well, as I noted earlier, iMethods has received numerous awards for being a best place to work, including making the Modern Healthcare list and Inc. Magazine's list for um, numerous times, as well as regional business journals. What does it mean to you to be recognized as a best place to work, both nationally and regionally? I would say first, um, we haven't been chasing awards, so um, it's always really humbling to get them because I think those are a byproduct or an outcome of those first things I talked about, of building a, a culture for the right, what we think is the right things. Um, so every time from the very first one till today, um, we, I have the same feeling that one, I'm thrilled that our employees take time to do the surveys, number one, uh, and two, that they, um, seem to be genuinely consistently happy and somewhat fulfilled, um, with working with our company. Uh, and I guess the, the breadth of the awards is pretty shocking too. I mean, they're not just local things now they're, they're nationally recognized. So I think the, 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 the cool piece is we're not chasing them, but we're humbled by them. We're thrilled because of what they represent, our employees. Um, and by the way, our employees, especially over time, have truly built the culture with us. Uh, it starts with our vision and all that, but um, our team is um, is absolutely, they own the culture too. So it's neat to see that flywheel effect for the culture and to see it broaden across the country in a bunch of different publications. So my response is I love it because it's all about our employees and that they're giving us the feedback, but I think it's meaningful um, that we're starting to make a dent across the country with these things. So it's been fantastic. Yes. It's, it's really been nice to have that recognition available for us um, in, in all those different spaces, right? It's, it's a big deal to be recognized by modern healthcare in particular, because that's um, the, the one industry uh, publication that is most suited to, to the space we live in, but all of them are meaningful. So um Employees are one set of stakeholders that benefit from a positive co company culture. Who else is impacted by the company culture and how do we engage them at iMethods? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it goes back to my thought that if we do create a, a, a wonderful culture for our employees, it does cascade. And um, because we're pretty intentional about how we do it, we first want to make sure that our consultants and our clients, you know, those two stakeholders um, are impacted positively. And that can be you know, from a relationship perspective and building trusting partnerships for a long time, but it also impacts, you know, the process work that you do. And again, um, everything you do, if it's intentionally created to cultivate a positive culture and positive outcomes, I keep coming back to this. It has to go back to our core values. So I'll loop back to um, those stakeholders are impacted by our positive results, our tireless efforts, our sense of community, real, real trust, transparency, you know, constant learning, all these values that we talk about all the time. Everybody benefits from those first for our crew, then our clients, our consultants. And then again, ultimately that I could talk about our community, our broader community um, and what that means. We're so thrilled last year to launch our foundation so that our community could continue to benefit from our time, talents and treasures um, locally and around the country. So I think a culture that is really great um, impacts everybody, all the stakeholders. And, uh, and it's also really encouraging because uh, as you get going and you get a little scale, um, you get um, inspired by each other, by our clients, our consultants, and we have uh, worked hard um, to include them in building culture. Um, so I don't know if you wanted me to touch on that now with our consultants, but we've done a lot in the kind of a, from a programming perspective to include our um, consultants in some of the cultural stuff that we do. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so from day one, kind of rewinding the clock 17 years, Chad and I wanted to make sure that our culture wasn't just an eternal, like I keep saying, it was it was to, to intentionally go outside our wall, especially in our space where uh, consultants sometimes are just treated as a number or just go do your work and be billable. That kind of mentality that is definitely not 
what we think. We think we're in an honorable trade and that these resources are wonderful human beings and that they probably share our core values and certainly want to attract those that do. And so we have been doing numerous things as it relates to um, kind of bringing them into the fold, I guess. And so core value awards is a great way for us to do it. So one, we educate them on what our core values are. Um, we look for opportunities for them to live out our core values at our client site. We give them rewards, recognition for those things um, and build trusting relationships with those consultants such that um, they make that impact that we're trying to make with our clients and our community, uh, but also um, that we can keep them working with us for years. And so um, building a, a stronger collaborative culture uh, with our consultants has been a key factor for us building and really living our vision out and, and, and getting it out to our consultants. And the same thing with the clients. We've been doing the same kind of programming, um, aligning core values with them, learning their core values uh, as a customer and aligning those to ours and then doing programmatic things to encourage and foster the right um, value. So it's well beyond just the you know, let's just do project work and find consultants and, and so forth. It's it's a deeper, you know, again, back to the vision, the meaningful work kind of mission is what we're about. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And I know that both the consultants and clients benefit from that because it, it engenders a deeper relationship between them on site as well. Even if, if we're not um, engaged directly, sometimes it just makes a big difference in, in how they both conduct themselves um, in working together. So as we move through the last year and a half as we looked to the future um, based on the year and a half we've had so much has changed in the workplace. And I know that iMethods implemented um, a lot of unique initiatives during that initial downtime um, when COVID first hit. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, it's what a crazy year and a half, but I, I think for us um, when this all went down, we, as a leadership team, we did, recognize we had an opportunity. We didn't know what was going to happen, of course, but we, we knew that we were going to have uh, what we thought was kind of a gift of time. Um, and we tried to redeem that time through working really hard um, on our business and kind of a reinvention strategy. So we kind of took a program level view at this and kind of created task force. And we looked at all parts of our business. We really did. People, strategy, execution, cash. And we got these work groups together and we started um, which, which really was kind of an innovation theme, right? Like, okay, so as we approach the opportunity, we're like, all right, anytime you do innovation, you kind of have a third and a third and a third, right? And that was what my hope was, was that a third of the ideas and the things that we worked on would be hopefully transformational in some way. And the third in the middle would be um, really helpful, but maybe not transformational. We would kind of iterate, you know, that 1% get better kind of thinking. And then a third, you know, we would take some swings and maybe those things wouldn't work out. But, um, and that's truly what ended up happening the last 18 months is um, we have had some really, really great transformational wins as we have kind of um, thought about how we want to, um, you know, continue to grow this company and, and, and all those things that we tackled. Um, so there was a lot of work. I mean, one of the things I really enjoyed about that time was it was, um, 100% across the board, everybody in the company from, you know, the front desk um, to every role and, and person in the company was truly engaged in the process of reinventing ourselves in, the, in those projects. Um, so I love that when you're building culture and uh, trying to build for the future, um, I think it's important to include as many people uh, at, at all levels as possible. And for us being our size and scale, we, we, we could include everybody. So um, without getting all the details of the plans, I think that was that was a blessing. And thankfully, this particular year, you know, coming out of it, we have been um, really fortunate. We were pretty prepared compared to some other companies coming out of this and have been positioned pretty well. And we're more efficient and effective in many ways um, because of that time. So 
anyway, it was very difficult, very challenging, and there were um, no shortage of, of um, you know, vision challenges that relates to the future for everybody. But for us, um, we, we kind of hunkered down and worked really hard on the business, and I'm really proud of the team. And hopefully, um, as we work through this, this surge that we're in right now, that we continue to have that heart of constant improvement and learning and, and getting better and being um, mindful of where we're at, but where we're trying to go to. So. Well, it sounds like iMethods did a lot of things the right way, um, but we're all living in this state of new normal. What would you recommend to other organizations um, in terms of what they might be able to do to sustain or in some cases rebuild um, their culture in light of the events of the last year and a half? Yeah, it's a, it's a topic everybody's talking about. I can share with you even something really recent. I was out uh, visiting some clients last week and the idea of what the workforce, where the workforce works is relevant everywhere, no matter what industry you're in. And, and certainly for our clients and consultants, it's a huge deal. Um, but I think the idea of, I think where you work is important, right? And because it does play into culture and feeling connected and all that. So I think that there's, that's an ongoing debate. But I think in addition to that, I think it's this intentionality of the planning. And as I was talking to clients last week, I think that, you know, they would answer the question, like, what's most important to you? Why do you stay at your particular health system? They would say, well, it's because of the people. And then I would say, all right, well, what are you guys doing to cultivate your own culture? And how does that work? And, you know, what I have found is no judgment, but a lot of times people, um, they think just having good relationships is enough right? I think the point there for me in scaling culture is you have to be intentional and truly cultivate through all the different things that you do, whether it's certain programs or events, or sometimes it's a formal, sometimes it's the complete opposite. Sometimes it's just time for uh, the informal, the relationship building. It's all these different pieces. But I think if you don't have a very clear roadmap for how you want to build culture, because look, we all know culture is going to happen whether you plan it or not. My position is the more you can help cultivate and be intentional about the planning of that culture and incorporate a lot of people into it, the stronger, the richer experience and more meaningful. And then you get, the, again, the byproducts of, of retention and engagement, discretionary effort, and all the beautiful things that come from a great culture. But that's what I talk about all the time. So it's, it's yes, it's where you work, but it's more about, again, going back to why you work, what the vision is, the core values, and then a plan to build and foster uh, culture as the world continues to evolve. Well, with the changes of the last year and a half, obviously, um, a lot of companies have gone completely remote, right? Or, or a hybrid model. And for those groups, you know, there's obviously greater challenges in maintaining a productive culture when people are far flung or working from home. What would you recommend to those organizations that are looking to maintain um, a high engagement with their employees and and have them feel a part of something, even though they may be working at a remote office. Yeah. So I don't think anybody, there's no perfect, you know, recipe here or silver bullet. I think that every culture is a bit unique, but I'll, I'll tell you, there's, if, if you're in the camp of hundred percent remote and if it's new to you, uh, be prepared for a challenge if you're trying to create a great culture, because um, it's one thing I think we're all, we've all seen a lot of um, near-term productivity benefits, right? With lack of distraction, the lack of commuting, all the normal stuff. But I think a sustained, like you said, you know, engagement, um, that takes a lot of effort, especially by leadership to cultivate um, a future state where, you know, you, you can continue to um, engage these folks in building great culture and doing it remotely is challenging. In our firm, we've been uh, in a hybrid and having remote employees for many years. So um, even though 
and we've been working on it, by the way, very hard for a long time to keep those remote employees very engaged. And I have all kinds of ideas that we tried, not all are perfect, but um, so as examples of this, right, some practical stuff. So when we are doing something in home office, you know, an event of any kind, think of um, a pizza party. You know, if, if you're doing a pizza party for the office for some reason for a meeting, you send out pizzas to everybody remotely or send them Uber Eats cars or whatever it is to engage those folks. So there's, that's a very simple, soft way to do it. Um, but how you design your meetings, your remote meetings, what's on the agenda itself? Do you leave any margin for discussion or any, you know, discussion of your own lives and uh, and so forth? I think cultivating those agendas and intentionality. But I also say this, that 100% remote forever is not a good strategy if you're trying to build a great culture. I think that if you're in that camp for whatever reason, uh, and that's the plan, uh, then you have to schedule really meaningful all hands meetings and get people together at least a couple, three times a year. In my view, if you want to, if you want to retain the best talent and not lose them and create again, that culture that gives you all those benefits we talked about. Um, so I think we're all going to live in a future where the, the hybrid workforce um, is, uh, is here to stay. Uh, and then those details will get fleshed out, you know, but I think that uh, it is hard work. And if, again, even those that have been doing it for a while, it's, it just takes, it goes back to my point of like, you just have to be really good about um, engaging your workforce in a way that's different and be intentional and plan and get their thoughts. It's not just leadership, you know, saying this is how we're going to do it. No, it's, how do we all want to build the, the future together as it relates to these meetings and spending time together and how we build agendas and how do we do rewards recognition and, um, you know, all these things. It's, it's a complicated world, but um, it's worth the fight because to me, uh, the journey is really about people in the end. And if you can't um, get your hands around the stuff, um, you're, you're not going to live uh, in my world a, a meaningful life as it relates to the work and impact in lives. So the challenge is real. It's hard. Um, but, uh, everybody that'll listen to me anyway, I think that uh, it's worth the effort. Um, and there's lots of good examples of people doing really cool things. And that's the fun part of this next season for all of us is that if you're aware and paying attention to asking questions of others, you'll get all kinds of good ideas. There's lots of, um, different companies that are doing great things and I'm constantly looking for those and get inspired by them and implement those ideas and bring them back to the, to the crew to, to vet the ideas. Um, so um, if you look at it that way, kind of the glass half full and embrace it, you will be in a better position to kind of win the war for talent. But it's not just about the talent. It's about, again, this culture of meaningful work and living life together and making a dent on the planet while we have time. That's a great point. Um, as a remote employee myself, I found that some of the activities that we've had uh, where we read a book as a group. And it's always a cross-pollination of folks from different departments and different levels in the organization coming together to create a um, an analysis of a given piece of, of writing where we are studying it, but we're also reporting out on it and, and engaging with one another. And, and it's a really clever way of tying professional development together with um, team building. So could you share a little bit about the strategy behind that? Yeah, it's a, that's a funny one. I've been trying to figure out professional development and the best way to do it for a long time, it seems like. Um, and I I think the pandemic helped us here because we were forced to, again, be innovative and think out of the box. And also knowing our team, we have a very competitive crew. So we came up with the idea like, okay, let's let's take professional development to another level. Let's make it a little competitive and have a lot of fun and take advantage of the time. And like you said, the cross-functional teams, but also the way we approached it was um, putting 
you know, these teams together. We also gave them the liberties, maybe too much in the beginning, actually, to do video production and uh, film themselves um, kind of um, producing the content for the the chapters that they were covering the book, right? So um, it produced some of the best learning that we I have seen in my career because everybody's really engaged. Not only did they want to win and, and you know, get the, the um, you know, recognition for, for winning the thing, but more importantly, the, the content was kind of very memorable. Um, which was the point of professional development to like, get the content, you know, kind of memorable and actionable. Um, and the other thing was, especially a pandemic where there's so much, it was, there's a lot of fear and, and anxiety. It was a great outlet for fun and laughter and team, um, despite those external circumstances. So, uh, I think that's important too, is like, gosh, everybody's just so doggone serious for, for good reason. Um, we have tried to cultivate th- that, that type of thing. We can have fun. It also makes me think of a kickoff meeting we did last year too, at some point, uh, one of the quarterlies where we had outside Olympics and games um, for that same reason, to have fun, to collaborate, to bring people together. So we, I think I'm always looking for contrast. I want the deep, meaningful, heady stuff, but I also want the ridiculous, the absurd and the fun, right? I think that that's some of the secret sauce to life. If you can do those two things well, because uh, if you stay in one or two other camps, you, you got bad issues, right? You're no fun if you stay in the first camp and you're just too serious and, and heady and you're, you know, you can get off the rails if you just stay in the, in the folly. So I'm trying to look for both all the time. And that, that professional development is a good way to, to do that. So um, we're going to continue to look for those more of those opportunities in professional development and our quarterly meetings and all these things that we do to try to find that contrast. Yeah, that's a great strategy. And it's, it has really worked well throughout this pandemic, but I think that it's a sustainable model as we bring on more people who live remotely. It's a great way of, of wrapping them in and making them feel part of the culture. Um, so as we start to wrap up the podcast, what would you say makes you most proud about working at iMethods and leading iMethods? Um, I think that's tough. I think the, the answer is, um, I'm just full of gratitude, you know, because of probably the, if I just chose a word of consistency, um, we have been consistently pursuing the vision for 17 years. Um, sometimes it's easy to get derailed with the new, the flashy, the what's next stuff, uh, especially the what, you know, cause again, going back to the, the why is so important to us, why we exist, uh, and the core values that, so what we do has changed a little bit over the years in some ways radically, um, but that's okay. Right now we're in a zone where the, what we do is very clear and we have been for a few years and that's great. But that consistent vision of why, we, why we're here in those core values are probably the, the thing I'm most proud of in creating that culture that is stuck to it. Um, and as a byproduct of that, the consistency is we've had a lot of people stay with us for many, many years. Actually today, this very day, uh, our first employee, Dean Medley, is celebrating his 17th anniversary. And uh, so he just started a few months after we got this thing off the ground. And so uh, that is a good representation of why I'm proud that we've been consistent with our vision and all that and living it out. But also we've had a great team of people that have been willing to kind of live this thing out for a long time. That's a that's a wonderful thing. We're, we're thrilled to have you know, a consistent team that we're building on. We definitely have a lot of long timers, although I think Dean is the longest timer in the organization (laughs) besides you and Chad. Well, thank you so much for your time today. We're so thrilled to be able to launch our first podcast and have you be our first guest. It's always a treat talking with you and I'm continuing to learn from you as, as a member of the team and look forward to uh, what you have planned next for us as we continue to evolve our culture and, and really make it stronger as we uh, continue to move forward with our growth. Well, it's my pleasure. And Steph, thanks for your leadership on this and bringing this together. I know this, you've wanted to do this for a while and it's hard to get off the ground. So congratulations on getting 
this off the ground and doing it as you always do wonderfully and with a really clear plan. So I'm excited to see what comes from this. Well, we have a great team. So thank you so much. And we will um, catch you on a future podcast. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks.